0: Anime Pulse episode 498 I'm Red, and I'm Rio, and welcome to another episode of Anime Pulse.
1: Yes, we are back again, and hopefully, Red, you've cleared that frog out of your throat.
0: Yeah, it was, uh, it was in there, but uh, I think it's gone now. The uh, the fact that my throat was a little, a little stuffy because uh, I have the humidifier going in my room because it's really dry here, but. Yeah. Um, it's like hot boxing in my room right now So it's uh,
1: <laughs> You hot boxed your room <laughs> Yeah I'm hot,
0: I'm hot boxing on that uh, That dank um, On that dank uh, uh, Vix Vapor <laughs> It's va- Vape Nation all up in this In this his house
1: <laughs> You're so white
0: That's what the kids say right Homie <laughs>
1: Okay, well, I guess uh, in terms of news, we have IRL news, so why don't you start us off since you're already telling us about your humidifier. Alright, well, uh,
0: in terms of news, let's see here, uh, I haven't really done much Um, at the... Humidifier going, oh, uh, Stardew Valley
2: Stardew Valley I have
0: one artifact left, that's it I need the shoulder bone Shoulder Uh,
1: bone, I think I have that The
0: the scapula, or whatever it's called
1: Yep, I have that in my other game
0: That fucking scapula does not want to show up for me I got the tibula, in fact, I found like Ten tibulas after I found that tibula And I was just like, alright, well Where were you guys a week ago? (laughs) so now i'm i've kind of exhausted on the uh, stardew valley so i've like slipped away from it i started playing some legend of queen opala though okay which is a uh adult rpg game
1: why am i not surprised
0: yeah for the for the windows machine that i got and um it's fun. It's a, you know, turn-based game where basically you pick this character you name. He shows up on a boat. You uh, are like, you try to go meet the Queen of Egypt. And um, it leads into this whole entire storyline of you either being a good guy or a bad guy. Um, and you can be like a super bad guy or a super good guy by making different choices uh, along the path. Um, mm-hmm. I like it because it's got a pretty fun, uh, well, a pretty standard turn-based rpg system like nothing special no wacky crazy summons or anything like that it's just very very satisfying because i like those old school rpgs but not too old school because let me tell you i've tried to play a few muds back in my day and it's pretty difficult Hmm. yeah um I went out to a pub with my uncle and aunt on Thursday. We went to Katie O'Brien's. Sounds like fun. I had fried pickles.
1: Oh, fried pickles are so good, man. They
0: were pretty good. And I also had um, Celtic nachos, which had like this like melted cheddar Celtic cheese on it. That was almost smooth, like a dip, except it was like, I don't know how to describe it. It was a little bit different.
1: Okay.
0: Yeah. Um. Let's see here.
1: Any movies?
0: Uh, no, no movies. Uh, haven't seen any movies as of late. Uh, mostly because, um, there really hasn't been much in the way of movies. Uh, yeah. I think this week, uh, there was one movie I was interested in seeing, which was like uh. Journey to the West, Return of the Demon King. But unfortunately, it's a sequel. And I didn't see the first one. And I looked at it and I was like, I think I should probably see the first one. Even though I know the story of the Journey to the West because it's an old Japanese folk's tale. But it just like, or Chinese folk's tale. Um, Is that Chinese or Japanese?
2: I'm pretty sure
1: it's Japanese.
0: Yeah, because it's like, it's Momo, the... Guy in the peach that the old couple find, and he breaks out and he makes friends with a monkey, a chicken and a uh, a dog, right?
1: Yeah, I think so.
0: Yeah, I think that's journey to the west.
1: Somebody will correct us. Yeah,
0: someone's <laughs> like, No, that's that's not journey to the west at all, you noob. That's the tale of <laughs> Momomo or Mo Mochabo, the peach boy. <laughs> <clears throat> Sorry, my my lack of uh, Japanese folklores uh, really only pertains to when it comes to uh, um, like women it's like Yugi Onas I know that story quite well um, the story of the the slip mouth woman I know that story quite well um, so you're
1: more familiar with like urban legends and stuff like that yeah
0: but only when it includes women like you you could ask me about like that like some of the like the different ghosts and whatnot that appear. But if they're women or if they're not women, I have no idea. I even know about Hanako, the ghost girl in toilets, but I just do not know anything else <laughs> unless it has to do with women. My favorite one being lately is the uh the really tall ghost girl who uh says po po-po all the time. Okay. Yeah, she's po, po-po po-po. And it's uh, this, like, young boy who sees her, like, walking. He can actually see the top of her head over, like, this really tall fence. And she, like, peers around, or, like, she peers over it at one point, and she looks really scary, runs into his uh, grandpa's house. And later that night, they're eating dinner, and uh, they're talking about how his day went. And he's like, oh, it's weird. I saw this really tall lady. She was wearing all white, and, like, they start getting freaked out. And he's like, and she kept saying something. It was like, po, 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 po. And, like. They just like lose it and they like lock him up in this room when put a bunch of ceiling talismans on it and they're like do not leave this room tonight at all no matter what you say no matter what you hear do not come out and eventually he hears like the popopo noise again and like she's outside his window on the second floor knocking on it mm-hmm. and then she disappears and then he hears his grandfather's voice outside his door like open up quick and he goes to the door and he's like what's wrong grandpa and there's no one there and all of a sudden she's behind him
2: oh
0: yeah. yeah and there's more to the story but like if you're interested in it um all you really have to do is do a google search for japanese ghost po 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 okay yeah it's uh it's a good it's a good interesting tale and that gets your nice gets your arm hairs standing on edge i love those kinds of tales or they don't really yeah, need those to are like, fun. yeah, no spooky jump scares, just like, just like the creepy. I love creepy. Um, let's see here. But yeah, I had that. I had Celtic Haddock. Um, and my uncle knocked water all over the table. Uh, <laughs> nearly soaked me, but I jumped out of the way. Uh, let's see. Uh, made a bunch of amazon orders because my tax return came in
2: yay yay
0: two thousand dollars richer Woo! Woo! yep huzzah for buying a electric car <laughs> it, gets you, it gets you some big tax credits there you go and uh yeah it's basically been about it for my past week um how about you
1: Let's see. So, um, I told you, I told you guys last week that, uh, I dropped that awful science class because yep. it had
0: crazy goat the horrible
1: lady. woman. Yeah. Crazy goat lady. Um, and so I actually got to go to that class. Uh, the, got to go to uh, my new class, my advanced fiction class, uh, this week mm-hmm. and found out when I have a story due. I have a story due right before spring break. So that's like the beginning of March. Okay. Um, so I gotta get to work on that. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of what I'm gonna do. I'm thinking about something maybe with mental illness,
2: <clears throat>
1: because I uh, we had to write like openings to stories or whatever, like a first line, and then exp- and then maybe expand on it or or something like that. And so I uh, started with. Um, a small apartment is a decent metaphor for my for my mind. Okay. And and the people in it. So, it obviously has to do with like stuff like uh delusions and um having people in your head who aren't really there. So, not necessarily schizophrenia, but kind of. Oh, I see. Yeah. So I'm thinking of doing something with that, which I mean, I've kind of done before. Um, I did this one piece called all the, v- on the verge of nothing that was about this, uh, character, Andy, who had a, uh, a sentient imaginary friend. Mm. Mm-hmm. And, um, it was kind of abstract <laughs> in the way I wrote it. Uh, it's a very visual piece. You have to like, actually look at it to understand it. I'll uh have to send you some of it. But um Yeah, so I've been uh thinking about that. Um I played Warhammer last night. Okay. Um and if you know anything about Dungeons and Dragons, it's kind it's kind of like Dungeons and Dragons only it's in space.
0: In space, Dungeons and Dragons.
1: Yeah, and it's a lot easier to fucking die. So, I hadn't played in a little while, because obviously, like, whenever the group got together, I would have to drive home. So I would only be able to play for, like, an hour or so. And to play Dungeons and Dragons, you need to be around for a little while. And so, um... I'm finally living at the dorm, so I can actually participate. And uh, we started at around 8, ended at around 11. Um, And... so, But I was kind of in a separate story than the rest of my uh, group mates, because (laughs) apparently, because to explain why I was never around, I was in a coma. And so I wake up on this... Ship that's been abandoned into hell. And it's just filled with demons.
2: <clears throat>
1: and I'm up to my waist in blood. And and so... Uh, I, like, close the door and stay stay back in my room. And there's this metal skeleton knocking on my window, being like... And, and it uh, scratches into the window. Come with me if you want to live. And it's just like, okay, demons or skeleton? Uh, I chose the skeleton. And... I kept on getting really awesome rolls. Like, it, we're using D100s, so instead of like a, a D20. Um, So you have to score, those like, are, in the look Those are the in dice, the low right? Digits. Yeah. Okay. So, like, a 20 sided dice, but we're using 100. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, um, you have, like, certain levels or whatever, like, so all of my levels are kind of in the 30s, so I have to roll below 30 something to be able to succeed. Thus, where the problem gets in, because there's a lot more numbers above 30 than there are below it. But I just kept on getting really lucky rolls, like 9s and 2s and 11s, and all my friends were just like, whoa! And, uh, So, but the bad news was that I was having a really bad time because I got, so basically the skeleton um, was a collector and was just like, oh, human, I'm going to collect you and put you in a cage.
0: Well, I thought when you said collector, I thought of Mass Effect at first. I was like, huh, so uh, Mass Effect bleeding over into Warhammer, huh?
1: (laughs) So I was put in a cage. And then um the skeleton told me and some other people that were there that like, "Oh, you we're going to play a game of hide and seek, and if you guys can find a way off the ship, I'll grant you your freedom." And um so I broke out of the cage somehow. Uh was in the vents for a couple of hours. I had a single corn chip the, I tried to sell to Satan for my freedom, and it just kind of set on fire. I failed miserably in that role.
0: It's a really nice corn chip. It's, uh, it's still got its crunchiness, not touched milk at all.
1: No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, there was a blue alien that uh, tried to attack me and then asked me what cast I was in. It was like fire or water, or earth, air. Like t- tell me what cast you're in, and I'm just like fire. And he's like, oh, okay, and decided not to kill me. And I was just like, oh, thank God.
0: I'm I'm in a leg cast.
1: <laughs> leg cast.
0: Yeah, I would have made a joke like that and been incinerated.
1: Yeah. Um.
0: Die, heathen.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing, is that this whole world kind of revolves around the Emperor and this religion, and they're, like, the least tolerant people in the universe.
0: Isn't there something like uh, White Banshees in there or something like that?
1: Maybe? We haven't come across them.
0: Okay, I thought they were in the Warhammer universe.
1: Probably. I mean, there's a lot of shit that we haven't encountered. Um, So... Uh, The ship started getting destroyed because my friends showed up in their own ship, and uh, there was two other ships, and one was another bad guy ship, and they were just kind of fighting each other, and so everything kind of got shut down. I went down a ladder, ended up in the main chamber, and uh, the skeleton guy that rescued me in the first place is just like... I I gave you food. I gave you shelter. Why are you trying to escape? And it's just like you told me to escape. It's just like I didn't think you actually would. Um and then for whatever reason I, I somehow I with like persuasion and shit, I convinced him to teleport me onto the good guy ship. And it was the wrong fucking ship. I got transported onto the uh, uh, other good guy ship, not my friend's ship, and immediately started getting, like, beaten up by all the security guards. And they were going to set me on fire for heresy, because I was just like, yeah, I used to be on the saber ship, and they're just like, heresy, and start beating me, and like they were just like, get the priest, get the flamethrower. And I'm just like, no. And I managed to talk my way out of that. And uh, they uh, sent a message over to my friend's ship. And we're just like, so we found one of your crew members and we don't appreciate your spies. We'll send them back after the battle with this uh, skeleton's ship. And uh, that was where it ended.
0: Well, all right, then.
1: Yeah. Other than that, I've been playing a little bit of Stardew Valley. Um, was playing it uh, before we called.
0: What year are you up to?
1: Uh, I'm still in the first year because I don't have as much time to play it. Oh, okay. And I've been playing Fire Emblem Heroes on my phone.
0: Oh, God.
1: I just love it. It's so good. I mean, it's not that good, but... it. It has, like, just enough Fire Emblem in it to be entertaining.
0: I did the polling that they had going for a while. I voted for Tharja every single day.
2: (laughs) She didn't (laughs) make it, I know she's in it.
0: I heard that uh, she didn't win.
1: But she is in it.
0: Okay, she's in it, though? Yep. Well, I mean, you can't get rid of the best waifu in the game. No. <clears throat> even um, uh, Henry's in it. Even Raja couldn't make it.
1: Um so right now my team is comprised of the two exclusive characters from that world. And Robin male Robin and Effie from Conquest, and she is my tank, and she just wrecks everything. She can take on a, a, an entire map by herself.
0: Effie, is that the one with the gold hair?
1: She kind of has white hair.
0: White hair. Uh, I'm trying to remember what she looked like.
1: Hold on, I'll send you a picture.
0: <clears throat>
1: Effie. Frog's trying to come fire. back a
0: little bit. Ribbit, ribbit. <clears throat> go away, frog. Drown you in some in some delicious hard ginger ale. Henry's hard soda made with real cane sugar. Contains four point two percent alcohol. This podcast sponsored by Henry's hard soda. No, it's not. <laughs> I wish.
1: <laughs> Don't you wish we had sponsors?
0: <laughs> yeah, just alcohol sponsors, so we could just drink all the time.
1: Yeah, there this, you go. this
0: podcast. Brought to you by. Uh, uh,
1: black and we white. don't fucking know anymore. <laughs>
0: uh, <clears throat> except like, then we get like Jaegermeister in the mail. It's like, ah, this podcast is not sponsored by Jagermeister. <clears throat> oh,
1: where is it? I just saved it.
0: You can just do e f f y. Fire Emblem. Oh, right. Her. Okay. Now I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So she's my tank and she wrecks everything. And I love her.
0: I don't think I liked her dialogue that much. Of course, I only played the uh, Revelations. So that's Mm -hmm. the dialogue I got from her. I never played Conquest and I never played um, Birthright because they weren't the true stories they were just half the story and they were bad ends the revelations is the only true ending the good ending according to fucking Uh, I can't I just I think it's dumb that was like the worst Fire Emblem I've played and I've only
1: played three Did you play um, Shadow Dragon?
0: No, I don't think so. That one
1: had Marth in it. It was pretty good.
0: I had played an old one that was on the Game Boy Advanced, I think.
2: Oh, okay.
0: Yeah, I think it was on the Game Boy Advanced. I played a Fire Emblem game. I think. Pretty sure. Don't quote me on that. So... Anywho, anywhos, anywho, yes, should we uh, move along into our industry news?
1: Yes, I think we shall.
0: I'll start melting in my room here. Humidifier is really working its butt off. <laughs> All right, well, then I will uh, kick things off. With a poll.
1: All right, let's do
2: that.
0: Not a stripper poll, but a poll about manga artists and which of them take too many hiatuses. So the website Goo Ranking posted the results on Wednesday of a poll which asked fans about which manga creators take too many breaks.
2: Mm-hmm. The
0: website collected responses from December 13th to December 27th. With a total of 3,638 people responding. Okay. There are 25 total rankings. Um, but I will do the top 10.
1: <clears throat> All right.
0: So coming out at number 10 is Kentaro uh, Mira, who does Berserk, with 71 votes. Number 9 is Takehiko Inoue, who does Vagabond, with 80 votes. Number eight is Mamoru Na Nagano, who does the Five Star Stories, with 81 votes. Number seven is Daisuke Ashihara, who does World Trigger, with 97 votes. Number six is Kazushi Hagiwara, who does Bastard, with 98 votes. Number five is Hisashi Eguchi, who does Stop Hibari-kun. With 100 votes. And number four is. Yoshiyuki Sadamoto. Who does Neon Genesis Evangelion. With 108 votes. (laughs) Number three is. uh, Katsura Hoshinon. Who does D. Greyman. With 118 votes. Number two is. Suzue Mikuchi. Who does Glass Mask. With 302 votes. And coming in at number one. Is Yoshihiro Togashi with Hunter x Hunter at 1,845
1: votes. (laughs) I knew it was going to be Hunter x Hunter. Fucking
0: Hunter x Hunter. Just finish Hunter x Hunter. Stop going on your sabbaticals, my friend. It's a really good, like you really do good work when you come back, but it's like you're going to die before you finish it and we hate when that happens. Yeah,
1: we really don't want that.
0: I mean, we're we're already worried enough about um, about George R. R. Martin. George R.R. Martin eating himself to death, so. <laughs> we don't want two good uh, authors to pass before they finish what they've started. Yes. Of course, I'm saying that with my third book still currently in the air. Not that there are, like, so many people waiting for the third book of 4286, which you can now buy at the Amazon Marketplace for the low, low price of two ninety nine. Just type in shameless 4286. Plug,
1: shameless plug.
0: <laughs> yes, buy my book. I have two. I, I'm not like uh, Tim. I actually release my books. And then I, make, I put out two. And then the third one is just in limbo. Because I started working for the state. And I was like, ah, I'll get back to it. And then I'm not working for the state anymore. It's like... I really should get back to making it but I'm doing other writing work for these other artists and these other game creators so it's like mmm that spicy book though and then I look at the end of it and it's like so much to fix so much to reread mmm I'll put it off (laughs) <laughs> and then I put it off again and again and again. And right now I'm putting off so much. I'm doing reviews on restaurants and places I just go to. So I'm like, I'm doing something with my time. It's constructive. I'm not just sitting I'm around. I'm so
2: sorry. Me.
0: Yeah. Oh, boy.
1: All right. Well, my piece of industry news is uh, Japanese women explain why they give obligation chocolate to male coworkers on Valentine's Day.
0: Oh, this should be a good one.
1: Yeah so uh in valentine's for Valentine's Day in Japan, it's almost as much about the chocolate as it is the romance, so you're supposed to like if you're a woman, you're supposed to give chocolates to obviously the person that you like, but it's more than that oh yep um in terms of volume, most of the chocolate purchased for a given Valentine's day is known as giddy cocoa, literally obligation chocolate.
0: It's like, oh, I know you, co-worker. Here, have a piece of chocolate.
1: Yeah, it doesn't carry any significance of romantic love, but is instead given by women to their male co-workers and colleagues as a so- social nicety.
0: I think there's even, like, friendship chocolate, which is, like, given out to your close friends, but it's not, like like, romance tied to it. I think the yeah. only kind of chocolate that has romance tied to it is typically handmade chocolate.
1: Yeah, I think so. But At I least that's how they
0: portrayed an anime. And as don't quote
1: us on that. Don't quote us on that. Anime never, on that. never
0: lies. Anime is always true.
1: Yeah. Um, so, out of 450 correspondents, res- respondents, um, 39.8% planned on giving Giddy Coco to a co worker this February. And when asked why, the majority, 59, 59.2%, said they're doing. So, to show their thanks for the general help and support they received from their male coworkers throughout the year, 44.7% nice. uh, uh, also said they felt that Giri Coco helped promote smoother workplace communications, and 184 cited similar desire to make recipient happy as a reason. And down at the number four on the list, 7.8% they were giving Giddy Coco this year simply because their female office mates were, and they felt uh, doing likewise was the least awkward option. Hmm. Now, all that being said, it isn't really expensive chocolate.
0: No, it's pretty cheap.
1: Yeah, it's about, you can be spending less than 500 yen, which is around... $4.30 $4.30 which I mean if you have a pretty stable income yeah, that's not that much and it's not like you're giving these chocolates to the entire office building you're giving them to people on your team or uh, closer coworkers, I guess
2: mm-hmm.
1: yeah so uh, and uh, obviously there's a hope that by doing this on white day ma- male coworkers will return the favor.
0: Yep. Which uh which they uh typically do but not with chocolates. They'll return it with like um like marshmallows, uh white chocolate, although that's not actually chocolate.
1: No, it is not. It's actually really disgusting.
0: Uh, it's made with cocoa butter, not cocoa powder. So, that's the only difference between that chocolate and milk chocolate or dark chocolate, which is made with double the amount of cocoa powder or something like that. Yeah. It's disgusting.
1: You don't like dark?
0: I hate, despise dark chocolate.
1: Dark chocolate is so amazing, dude. You're missing Oof. out.
0: No, thank you. I will give you all the dark chocolate.
1: Okay. That That's I received
0: from all the yonder days that will be sending me chocolate laced with sleeping stuff.
1: Okay, well, I'll take one before I go to bed, and I'll be out for like twelve hours. It'll it's be like, great.
0: Here's the. It's like. It's like. Oh, is that a cherry inside of it? No, that's Nyquil. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> cherry flavored Nyquil. Yum.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, I guess that brings us to our reviews.
0: Yes, reviews. Uh, I will be reviewing the second season of Sidonia no Kishi, or Knights of Sidonia. Awesome. And uh, you'll be reviewing...
1: Ao Oni.
0: Ao Oni, right. So, um, I guess I'll start things off for us.
2: Yeah, go for it.
0: So, last season, that being the first season of Sidonia no Kishi we were introduced to a wonderfully enterprising anime that dared to test the limits of what otakus would accept as animation, luring us in with a premise that felt like Battlestar Galactica, but replaced the mechanized Cylons with a more organic enemy called Gauna. The series contained realistic elements of scientific fact with its fictional universe, something that, as a hard science fiction writer myself... You can buy my book now on Amazon.com. Just search 4286.
1: Shameless plug, shameless (laughs) plug.
0: And it had a male protagonist who, while he seemed like he'd be overpowered, showed us very human elements that made up his character. Of course, that was all last season. So how did this season hold up? Did it continue to be the crowd-attracting maneuvers, or... Did it crash into a Gauna's tentacle with a fire explosion? Explosion? Explosions. Well, we're still following Nade- Nagate Tanikaze, who is the pilot of the fabled Sugumi Sugumi Mori, who always seems to have an Onigiri in hand because he's almost always eating, which actually um, gets yay. explained last season why this is happening. See, uh, most of the people who are alive have plant genes in them. So what they can do is they eat like once every two weeks and then all the other times they just bathe in the sun or in starlight in this case and they well process it. They photosynthesize, oh. which, you know, gives us some, uh, fan fan servicey stuff because like the girls will have to take their clothes off and they'll like float through space while they absorb, uh, you know, of light energy. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Tanikaze doesn't have any plant genes in him because he was a person who was taken away by his grandfather from what we know from the previous season into the bowels of the Sidonia, which is the ship that he l- resides on. And he lived there and never received those plant genomes. Uh, It's actually uncovered that uh, Nagate is a clone of the best pilot that Sidonia has ever seen, Hiroki Saito. Okay. This season, Nagate finally earns the respect he deserves, proving to be a superior pilot in every respect as he continues to amaze those around him with his skills. But not everything is going well for everyone as we see with Nori Kunato. Who is a pilot from last season who resented Nagate for piloting the Sugumi Mori so much that he actually caused the death of a fellow pilot who Nagate had loved, named Kunato had ventured into a sealed off portion of Sidonia with his sister and secretary. But the two are attacked by Nori's mind controlling, uh, with, uh, are attacked by. This uh, uh Nordios, who is this like scientist from last season that caused like Ghana to like show up on Sidonia because mm-hmm. he had been he was a scientist who was meddling with uh, Ghana, trying to like c- take control of them. When the two are attacked, uh, Nordios' mind gets taken over by the by that scientist uh, Ochai and Mozuku actually falls under control of his Gauna parasites. It's here, starting start to pick up, as Ochai steals the Gauna clone of Hoshijiro that Nagate had saved last season, taking over the mind of Boobies, I mean, uh, Numi Tahiro, who has another Gauna parasite put inside of her, so her bubbly personality is gone, sadly, so... Goodbye, boobies. Yeah, that was at least one piece of competition that was vying for Nagate's attention that Izana doesn't need to worry about. With the Ghana clone in hand, Ochai is actually able to finally fulfill his goals of creating a human Ghana hybrid, introducing us to Sumugi uh, Shurai. This hybrid is actually very friendly and seems to have a thing for Nagate. Uh, which is a little awkward because she's a giant size human Gona hybrid. So she's like, they pilot those uh, armors around. She is about as big as one of those armors. Oh. Yeah. So it's a little, there's a little bit of a size difference between her and Nagate.
1: God, that just reminded me of this fucking thing I just read. Oh, do tell. Um, I just read this awful um story for class that was about a guy who's dating a Barbie doll.
0: Is it like in a living Barbie doll or just a Barbie doll?
1: It, no it's a, it's like a living Barbie doll
0: okay, and she uh, it
1: talks to him and everything.
0: Oh, does it have like the Barbie doll parts or does it have like real parts?
1: No Barbie doll parts oh
0: well, okay, platonic relationship then
1: no, he does like rub up against the Barbie doll <laughs> at one point and then ejaculate all over it. Okay. Then <laughs> I guess,
0: said it was... I guess if you, if that's your thing, we don't kink shame here on anime pulse.
1: No, no, we don't.
0: Well, uh, anyways, uh, on the battlefield, it's also known that, uh, Samugi is a force to be dealt with or reckon, reckoned with. Sorry. Uh, she's only rivaled by Nagate in terms of skill and speed. But this is a positive thing, is it not? I mean, Ocha is supposed to be an evil scientist, not a scientist who creates a lovable Ghana human hybrid that feels like Nagate and, you know, feels Nagate and Izana up at her first meeting because she has tentacles. And she's like, Can I touch you? And they're like, Oh, sure. And then all of a sudden, like, 50 tentacles come out and there's. <laughs> it's like and nagate's like getting like felt up and izana's just like watching in horror like oh no and izana is this um this girl who's able to choose her gender well oh cool she's a person who's able to choose her gender because she comes from this line where back in the day uh, sidonia was having a trouble with uh population and so they created this um ability for people to choose their gender so if, like, they were going through and they're like, I want to be a guy because the person I like is a girl. Or I want to be a girl because the person I like is a guy. So that, you know, we can have babies. That kind of thing.
1: Awesome. So they're non-gender conforming. Yes,
0: and they can actually change their gender back once they have picked their gender. So it's, um, so Izana can actually change her gender back to uh, over to a guy if she wants to.
1: Does sure. she use female pronouns or no pronouns?
0: Um, I don't remember if she uses male or female pronouns, but at beginning of the first season, she acts very much gender neutral, so she doesn't get embarrassed by uh, like changing in the changing room with Nagate. But this season, she starts to notice that her body is changing to that of a girl, because as we begin to learn she has a thing for Nagate. Oh. Well, at the same time, this is going on. The quote, immortal mortal council, a group of individuals who were genetically constructed to live an extremely long life is killed off by captain Kobayashi who assumes full command of Cydonia and orders all resources to be focused on the war with the Ghana. She pilot, she plots a course to the planet that colonizers had left for last season As it's discovered, the planet will cross paths with a gigantic mass of Gauna. It's right around this time, there is a pretty big battle that Tsumugi uh, sees her gravely injured, and actually sees Izana losing an arm and a leg. Now thankfully, Ochai's controlled Norio tells Nagate that Tsugumi will live, because she can just recuperate from anything, even though it's like, as long as her core isn't destroyed. And Izana actually earns herself some pretty cool new robotic limbs, although they're a little freaky because her hand can, like, break up into, like... You remember, like, Ghost in the Show where, like, the the secretaries are working and then, like, they get hacked and, like, their hands, like, open up into, like, more fingers and, like, they start, like, typing really fast? That's what her hand can do because her new... A is it a reference? Sp- no, it's her control um, scheme in her robot is changed, so she can go faster and do more maneuvers with her hand. Oh, Because you now cool. she can control like, all these crazy fingers that are like... <laughs> she has trouble with it at first. Uh, there is one last peaceful section before the big battle, as Nagate gets a house and actually invites Izuna to live with him. The two are joined up by Sumugi in the form of a cute tentacle that makes squeaky toy noises when it touches things, and uh, Yuhata Midorikawa, who doesn't want to lose to Izana in the race for Nagate's heart. It's actually revealed that, um, around this time, that Izana's body had undergone some drastic changes, becoming female as she's fallen for Nagate. Yes, everyone loves Nagate, apparently. Even the strict oh. leader of the Samurai squad, Itan Samari, offers Nagate a chance to photosynthesize with her. Oh. Yeah, something that is, you know, implies like sex but more intimate because they're very vulnerable when they're photosynthesizing. Uh so you have Izana, Sumugi, and Yuhata. And even some of the Honoka sisters who are these um clones of each other, I think they're like they' they're not clones. they're like, what's like seventeen um seventeen uh uh twins? I don't know. We'll call them clones um there there are a lot of them, um except one of them is killed off this season. Which is sad. And I think one of them got killed off last season, too. So they're dropping a number. But there's still a lot of them. You know, seriously, Nagate, I think you're gonna need a bigger house.
2: Uh, Eh? Eh?
0: No. No. Tough crowd. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. Not everything is a harem anime by this point, however, as Captain Kobayashi attempts to create a massive Ghana-powered beam cannon. Let's just say things don't go so well when you construct a powerful weapon out of your enemy and then pump it power into it. This arc did have one of the funniest parts in the anime, though, where Izana is forced to dress up and go out on the town with her grandmother. But when she is left alone and tries to get back home without being seen... She runs smack dab into Nagate who then bumps into her rear quite literally because like they're like climbing up a staircase and she's trying to be cautious and she's like, don't, don't, you know, make any noise. And he's like behind her and he can see up her dress and he gets like, you know, the perverted, like, (laughs) and then like she stops suddenly and his face goes nose first right into her ass. (laughs) Great. Which is just fucking this one of the best funny moments in the anime. Now, at long last, we reach the final part of the anime as Sidonia gets to that planet. But it’s far too late for the colonists, as the planet turns out to have been overrun by Ghana a long time ago. Not only that, but when Nagate and Sumugi attempt to rescue Izana, they actually find, they find themselves face to face with Beni Suzume, a fearsome Ghana who had taken on Hoshijiro’s appearance that Nagate had fought last season. There are actually three of these Beni Suzume's that were apparently destroyed but now there comes there's a fourth one. This time she's back and looks even more like Hoshijiro. She actually just looks like a giant Hoshijiro this time though. Okay. Um she defeats Samugi in battle by pinning her to a rock and then disables Nagate by entering his cockpit in like this jelly form that reminded me a bit of like Neon Evangelion Blah, 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 blah. Neon, even. Even Neon, Gideon. What is going on Eva? with my brain? Yes, Ava. Thank you. Where, like, you know, where Shinji's, like, in his cockpile and all of a sudden, like, a bunch of rays start, like, bleeding into his cockpock. With a fuck tongue. Seriously, I didn't drink that much.
1: <laughs> his yeah, I get pit. what you're saying.
0: Well, it kind of reminded me of that. So, even the enemy wants a piece of Nagate at this point. The guy is the perfect woman bait or something. Well, in any case, Benny Suzume, after planting a rather tentacly kiss on him, uh, Nagate is actually able to destroy her once and for all, thanks to a brand new sword that was made. It is able to penetrate the Ghana core, something they don't normally have. They usually use these spears to do it, because the spears are made out of Ghana, So it's like, it's like hitting a diamond with a diamond.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: one orbital strike later and nagate returns home carrying again another naked hoshijiro clone that he took from the ghana in one arm and a bashful sumugi in the other who you know he picks up and saves in his robot form so like it's also like this really cute part where she's like am i aren't aren't i heavy and he's like no not at all you know and she gets like the red cheek marks on her it's like oh that's so cute this season ends with Nagate returning to the place he once lived with his grandfather, or clone, paying his respects before returning to his new home. We do see one last thing that leaves us feeling a little uneasy, though. Another Ghana-human hybrid that Ochai has begun to make. Will this one be cute and bubbly, too? Probably not, because Ochai actually claims that uh, Sumugi wasn't the kind of personality he was hoping for. So I'm guessing the next one he makes will be a bit more brutal and possibly psycho. But will she have a thing for Nakate?
2: Probably. Probably.
0: Uh, overall, I felt the season met and surpassed last season with its stellar action, hilarious comedy, and constantly improving animation. I'm very hopeful for a third season, but none has been announced as of yet. From what I'm hearing, a third season might be likely the last season the manga has wrapped up. So perhaps it would be a little longer than 12 episodes, maybe? Whatever the case, I'm very happy with what we've been given so far. And uh, I just want to say, let's see here, uh, the animation, which uh, continuing the work from last season was Polygon Pictures. Uh, The studio who I had actually confused with uh, last season with uh, Saigen, who did the animation of uh, Aoki Hanage no Apregio Mm Arsinova. I feel Polygon Pictures really has a handle on things now and is amazing me with the work they can do with CGI-inspired animation. Although, if you ask... uh, If you ask... CGI animation...
1: Oh, Miyazaki? If
0: you ask Miyazaki, it disgusts him. Uh, The voice acting. Now, you might be wondering who they got to play the voice of a giant human-gona hybrid. And that question I answer with Aya Suzaki, a voice actress you might recognize from other works like, uh, let's see here, Kill La Kill, where she played uh, Mako. And uh, from uh, Tamako Market, she played Tamako. Okay. So this cute and lovable and adorable voice playing this really giant and powerful female character. Another reason why we should all love Sumugi. And as my favorite character, this goes without saying, it's Sumugi. Number one this time around, stealing it away from the gender-changing Izana, who was mm, the most interesting character up till this point. She might be a hybrid that shares the appearances of the enemy, but it's her personality that really brings things home. She's such a bright light, it's amazing how adorable she can be. Not only is she powerful, but she's also very smart, and is the only one who is able to keep up with Nagate in terms of speed. Or is it the other way around? We'll never really know, since she's one of the good girls, and even against all odds, Nagate puts his life on the line to defend her this is where I have to make a little bit of a spoiler warning because I had to know what would happen with Sugamugi and Nagate. Because I was like, how could he, you know, do the deed? Is he going to, like, stick it in the tentacle thing that she creates? Like, the little cute tentacle worm? But I was like, how does that work out? She, her love, she actually does confess to Nagate, and against all odds, he accepts like, outright, he's just like, yes, absolutely. Wow. Yes, and um, there is some deus exing because he finds yet another Hoshijiro clone that Sumugi is able to integrate with and control to the point she's able to, like, put herself into this clone. So now she's inside of a more human-looking clone that Nagake can now uh, uh, bump buttons with. so that that made me happy i was like wow it actually worked out really well i was a little i was a little like oh okay they put her in a human body so it's like she she still has a really cool like giant body because she can jump into it using her like human self so she can pilot herself which is a little weird think of it like um like uh damn it um mass effect uh Okay. Uh what's the fucking the robot or computer's name?
1: Oh, I don't know. Uh
0: damn it. No, I'm not I'm not letting this go. Hold on. <laughs> I'm losing my mind today. Um uh, let's see here. Edie. Right, Edie. So it's kind of like how Edie has that Uh, Robot that she can walk around And fuck Joker with But she also pilots Her ship self Which she also says is herself So it gets a little confusing But at least this way Nagate will be able to have kids with her And we don't need to worry about some really weird fetish Where it's like gigantic robot On Ghana Sex Which would Kind of be interesting to watch maybe a little bit of. You know, just, just <sighs> to put the toe in the water. Not to jump in, just to see. So anyways, uh, this gets a download
1: now. Cool, cool. Yep. All right, well, for my review of Ao oni as uh, I'm sure many of you know, it used to be, or it is a game.
0: Yeah, I uh, actually watched, um, back when I used to watch him, uh, Felix Bumgardner, who is known as uh, Pudes the Pie, uh, he played yeah.
1: it. Yeah, that, that's who I watched play it, too. Um, that was a long time ago.
0: Mm-hmm. Back when he was actually still entertaining and not just a sellout.
1: Yeah, he's totally a sellout now. I don't watch him anymore, that's for sure.
0: It's really sad. It's like, he did that, Markiplier did that, and now the guy that like I'm thinking is going to happen to is Jacksepticeye because... He's, like, the next in line to do that. Um, I mean, we already got people like Matt Pat who have sold out. <sighs> and then complain when people are like, Why didn't they, li- why didn't people like you when I talked about visiting the Pope? It's like, you fucking retard. You brought up religion on the internet. What did you think was gonna happen?
1: Alright, so, for this anime, every episode opens the same. Doesn't open with an opening necessarily
0: opens with someone getting killed
1: no it opens with an explanation of the show which is literally this a mansion away from the village where which no one lives in is rumored to have a ghost appearing in it hiroshi visits the mansion with his classmates takoro takashi and mika and they get attacked by a mysterious creature named aoni will they be able to get out of the mansion while solving the various puzzles or will they become crazy and just live in the mansion with Aoni like that? The Daring Lives of the Four being played with by he start now.
0: And that's how it starts every time?
1: Every t- Well, there are slight variations depending on what the theme of the episode is going to be.
0: Okay. And like whether or not a character has died or something like that?
1: Um, The characters die every single episode. <laughs>
0: There are not going to be many episodes with only five characters, or four characters.
1: Uh, there are 13.
0: 13? There weren't that many damn characters in the game.
1: No, there weren't, but everybody dies every single episode.
0: Ah, so no one makes out alive then?
1: Um, no.
0: (laughs) Well, that sucks.
1: Yeah, so the first episode is probably by far the darkest, with like the least amount of humor, or I guess you could say it's dark humor. This entire series is dark humor. So, I mean, if you're not into like blood and gore and people getting hung.
0: Like, <laughs> uh, if you started watching another and you were immediately put off by the umbrella scene, this probably is not the anime for you.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's really tame compared to a lot of other horror anime. <laughs> and it's also pretty cute. Everybody's pretty chibi.
0: Ah, chibi animation getting hung and slaughtered and cut into pieces. Hilarious! Yeah, exactly.
1: It is kind of hilarious and cute. (laughs) Um, But the first episode is titled There Are Five of Us. And there are only four classmates. So they immediately start talking about how there can only be four uh, four of them but some for some reason there are five of them and they're they're just talking about this as they're getting killed and even when uh Takashi is hanging from the ceiling Takuro has his, has had his uh head bitten off and Mika has been stopped to death they're still talking so <laughs> Their like corpses are like oh, talking okay yeah it's pretty ridiculous most of the time for the rest of the episodes if somebody dies they stop talking and like don't converse with anybody Hmm. Um,
0: that's usually what happens when you die
1: yeah usually people die when they are dead
0: isn't that like a meme for something like that when you die you're dead
1: (laughs) people die when they are killed
0: (laughs) no you don't say (laughs)
1: Um, so yeah, there are various episodes like Doing various things For instance, there's one episode where Mika takes a shower And threatens all the boys Except for Takoro uh, That if they peep on her that, he will, that she will kill them And Mika is almost more terrifying Than the monster The monster is actually a source of comedy And she's probably the darkest character in this
0: And then the monster shows up and peeks on her And she tries to kill it and it stomps her
1: no, the monster tries to stop the other the boys from uh, peeping on her, <laughs> and kills them off slowly. And then Hiroshi, uh, the one with the glasses, he runs for it and gets inside the shower shower stall, and then you just see a spat of blood on the door.
0: Ah, so Mika most people, yeah, most people got killed off by the the oni, and then he gets killed by Amika. <laughs>
1: Yep. Um, yeah, I've, and she's got a thing for Takodo, the uh, kind of, like, punk-looking dude. Because there's a guy with the pompadour who's a total wuss. At one point, he starts shivering so much that he starts, to, like, creating, ele- like, electricity, and they hook him up <laughs> to wires and stuff and power the whole house <laughs> until he catches fire and the... And the Oni puts him out and is just like, Oh, I saved him. Wow, that was actually really nice. And then, of course, he (laughs) eats him and, like, puts, like, barbecue sauce and just, like, Oh, do you like grilled meats? And it's just like, Yup, and bites Takashi's head off.
0: (laughs) So, very, very dark humor.
1: Yes, very dark humor. The episodes are very short, they're only about four minutes long. Um, but the humor that you get packed into them is pretty decent, and the animation for being, like, super deformed is actually really cute. So, uh, I'm gonna give it a Crackers.
0: A Crackers for Ow Oni. Huh. Yes. So, when you said that nobody lives by the end, is, like, even the last guy killed off in, like, a humorous way or something?
1: Um, in the last episode, they've been trapped for 70 years. And they're old. Oh, okay. And, uh... They get attacked by the monsters, but, like, one of the monsters is dead, the other one is grieving, and the last one doesn't have any teeth anymore.
0: So it's just, like, gumming on them, like, um, I'm Yeah,
1: um. yeah. And they're just like, oh, it's been fun, guys, but we gotta go, and they die. And then they turn into Aonis themselves.
0: And the cycle continues. Yup. So, folks when you hear about a ghost story or, you know, and going to a mansion, spooky, scary, just don't. Yeah, don't do it. Don't go to Louisiana. Don't go to fucking places where you hear po-po-po-po-po. Don't don't go and say, yes, you are beautiful, to a slip mouth girl. You have to tell her, um, do you think you're beautiful? And then you have to run away really quick. Yeah. 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 Alrighty then. So I think that does it for another episode of Anime Pulse. Um this is four ninety eight, so in a few weeks time we'll actually have uh Ichigo on.
1: Yes, we will. Cause next week we're not doing a show just to give him a little bit of extra time.
0: Lowly way yep.
1: Um, so uh in two weeks you will see us you will hear our voices again.
0: With a third joining us, yes. Yes. Yes but in 2 weeks you'll just hear us 4.99 yes 4.99 are you out of your mind god yeah, those commercials all right then so uh, i guess until next time just uh, keep watching keep listening and keep the anime love strong